Welcome to Season 6, Episode 8 of the I Want to Believe Podcast. I'm Nomar Slevik. There's just something about black-eyed kids' stories that chill me to the bone. So, let's continue where we left off. This is Part 5 of the Black-Eyed Kids Saga. Before we jump into the episode, I wanted to give a quick reminder that all of our I Want to Believe social media and email are in the show notes. You can visit my online store for access to my books and other projects such as Granite Skies, Otherworldly Encounters, We Only Come Out at Night, and more. You can visit slevicstore.company.site or the Greenhand Bookshop online or their location in Portland, Maine. They also have copies of some of my works. Just check the show notes for links. Also, if you are listening to this on or before Saturday, August 19th, 2023, you can come check me out if you're in the area at Fort Knox in Prospect, Maine. I will be a part of the annual Fort Knox Paranormal Fair that's running from 1pm to 5pm and we've got a whole host of cool people that are going to be there including the legendary Lauren Coleman who will be the keynote speaker. Also the homie Christopher Packard will be there talking about cryptids and we got an amazing author Michelle Shores talking about ghosts and bringing you a journey into Maine's oldest ghost story. Also, the homies from 207 Paranormal, shout out to Missy. Uh, They will be there hosting an overnight ghost camp. Reservations are required, but if you do get that reservation, you can investigate and spend the night at the fort. Very cool. All right, enough about all that. Let's jump right in and share some more Black Eyed Kids stories. It's not hard to figure out why these creatures horrify us so much. It's in their name. Black-eyed children or black-eyed kids, also known as BEK, are modern monsters whose eerie and unnatural appearance and behavior inspire fear. The unusual eyes are unnerving, but it's the age of these monsters that really amps up the terror. What is it about evil children that freaks us out so much? So much, so much, so much, so much. All these stories come from the Phantoms and Monsters website. Shout out to Lon Strickler and all the work he's done over the years. Also, some of these stories have been edited for readability. This first story comes to us from a witness who only identified themselves as T. It's a short story, but it's intense. When my child was born, she was born with dark black eyes. My wife died giving birth and nobody could understand why. Two days later, after the birth, my mother died. And three days after that, I heard something on the porch. I went outside to look and there were three 
people out there. I couldn't tell if they were children, and I couldn't tell if they were, you know, black-eyed or not, but three people were standing on my porch. Ever since then, I've been freaked out about anything that knocks on my door or comes around me. My child is a perfectly normal child now. In eyewitness accounts and other stories, the childlike creatures are frequently wearing hooded clothing, although some versions claim they are dressed in antiquated outfits. They have odd speech patterns, black eyes, and perhaps most importantly, they just don't act in a way we think children should. 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 A woman named Jade shared a peculiar encounter she had at the grocery store one day. I live in Chicago, in East Garfield. This past Saturday, I was at a local food mart buying groceries. I walked to my car, loaded the two bags into my back seat, then got in the driver's seat. As I went to start the car, to my shock, a young pale-skinned woman with long dark hair was sitting in the passenger seat. The first thing I noticed was her coal black eyes. She looked right into mine and said, I need help, please help me. She literally looked like the walking dead. I told her to get out, but she insisted that I take her to the hospital. We weren't too far, so I headed in that direction. We were about two blocks away and at a red light when she suddenly jumped out of the car, took a few steps, and vanished. No trace of her. She didn't look like a ghost. I mean, she was in solid form. I don't know what happened. The next day, I felt sick to my stomach and my eyes were sore and red. I believe it had something to do with this black-eyed woman. I'm still not feeling 100% and I've had terrible nightmares. This may not be related, but a few of my family and friends have recently had unexplained activity at their homes. In particular, my brother. He lives a few blocks from me and swears there is a demon in his basement. He and his girlfriend will not go down there and they plan to move soon. He has been having terrible dreams as well. I wish I knew what was going on. Similar to some vampire legends, it appears that they must be invited into a private space. And to me, this creepiness evokes fairy, demon, and changeling vibes. Though encounters tend to end with outlasting effects, some people who've had run-ins with these creatures report nightmares and agoraphobia. A gas station attendant went through a harrowing ordeal one night when the power went out. This incident took place in November 2012. The gas station was a lonely building just off the highway and was the only service station around for miles. It was around 3.30 a.m. and the attendant was going about his normal duties when the power suddenly went out and it plunged the entire area into darkness. Using his phone as a makeshift light, the attendant made his way to the backup gas generator and switched it on. The backup lighting came on, but only lit up a portion of the parking lot, the hall, and the register area. The rest of the gas station remained in darkness. The attendant figured that the bad weather was probably to blame for the power outage. 
That was until he saw something moving at the edge of the darkness. He watched intently for several moments out in the parking lot, eventually making out what looked to be three children riding bikes. As soon as he saw them, two leapt from their bikes and made their way over to the gas station. They stopped at the doorway and stood staring at the attendant. Now a little unsettled but still not overly concerned, the attendant made his way to the door and opened it. He asked the two children if they were okay and stated that it was so late for such young kids to be roaming around near the highway. One of them, a young girl, asked him if she could use his phone. As he handed her his cell phone, her eyes met him, and the attendant saw that they were solid black orbs. No, the girl snapped, I need the real one, motioning to the landline in the gas station itself. At this point, fear finally overtook the attendant, and he pushed the door shut and locked it in one move, shouting for them to go home. The children stared at the attendant through the window for a moment, eventually turning around, getting on their bikes, and riding off into the darkness. The following morning, the attendant told his boss of the ordeal and requested that he go through the security cameras. However, they had been off due to the power outage. It is not known if the power going out was connected to the black-eyed kid's arrival or if it was just an unusual coincidence. As the urban legend of the black-eyed children evolved out of references to eyewitness accounts of the monsters in the British and American press, their presence across media of all kinds exploded. 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 A family in California have been experiencing odd encounters in their home. I'm 18 years old and recently graduated from high school. There have been some unexplained things going on in my home ever since we moved in last year. My younger brother was in his room carrying out a conversation, which was weird because we were home alone. I went to see who he was talking to. There was no one there. So I asked him who he was talking to. He said, the little girl with the black eyes. I asked where she was and he said that she had left. About a week later, we started hearing voices and footsteps. I would be sleeping with my blankets covering me and I would wake up with them folded at the bottom of my bed. My sister got scared one night and crawled into bed with me, so I turned on the light and TV. Right when we were both drifting off to sleep, my door slammed shut. This isn't possible, as I always have a basket full of books in the front of the door. Right after, the light and TV turned off. I got up to open the door, but it felt like someone was holding the handle from the other side. My sister and I started to scream when my mom came and opened the door. As she did, the light and TV turned back on. We had a priest bless the house, but the activity continues. Now in my neck of the woods, a woman in Maine received a knock at her door one evening. The odd visitor made quite the impression. 
This incident involved my fiance in April 2011. To this day, she refuses to talk about it, but I decided to post it here to see what others can get out of it. At the time, we lived in Bangor, Maine. It was around 10.30 p.m. that evening. I was on a late shift at work, and she was home alone with our cat in our apartment. She said she read while the cat slept on her lap, but a moment later, the cat stood up and stared intently at the door. She then meowed and scampered into the bedroom. Just as she got comfortable again, the doorbell rang. My wife thought it was strange that someone would want to visit at that time of night, so she got up and peeked through the hole, but saw nothing. She turned away from the door when there were three loud knocks. She was immediately alarmed, but curiosity took the best of her and she cracked the door to see who was there. She saw a boy around 11 or 12 standing there. She opened the door to ask what he wanted. She assumed that this child had either gotten locked out of another apartment or needed some sort of help. That's when he looked up at her and she noticed his eyes. The light from the apartment spilled out into the hallway, affirming his black eyes. She claimed she was paralyzed by shock as the child demanded entry. By that time, the cat had come out of the bedroom and lay on the floor behind my wife, ears folded back and hissing. She said she felt compelled to say yes, but as she stared into those coal black eyes, she suddenly slammed the door and locked the deadbolt. She listened for the child's footsteps in the hallway, but heard nothing. After several terrifying minutes, she peeked out the door and the child was gone. Or perhaps they disappeared. She said she had never been so scared in her life. She thought the cat's hissing interrupted her paralysis, allowing her to regain her thoughts and quickly close the door. She never discusses it, though I'm sure she wonders what may have happened if she had let the black-eyed boy into the apartment. BEK are such great modern folklore because they defy romanticized notions of childhood and the inherent goodness of children, ideas that have evolved over time. The perception of children as innocent and weak, requiring constant adult instruction both morally and physically, is a relatively modern invention. Prior to the Romantic period, children were largely socially insignificant. They were background characters, relegated to chores, familial duties, and little else. But with the progression of the Industrial Age in the late 18th century, as infant mortality declined and literature and philosophy regarding child education grew, alongside increased scrutiny around child labor, the cultural concept of the child changed. Childhood became a sacred cultural symbol, a time of perceived innocence and happiness when children were not valued for their usefulness or economic viability, but rather for their hopeful possibility and vulnerability. 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 A South Dakota man experienced the black-eyed kids at his home. A military man named JD was outside his home one evening having a smoke. He spotted two kids walking up a nearby hill, and they stopped and looked at him. They were wearing dark hoodies and looked very strange, according to JD. All of a sudden, they turned.
turned and started to walk in JD's direction. As they approached, he could plainly see that their eyes were completely black. They started to cross the street, walking directly towards him, and he introduced himself trying to be friendly. But they continued to advance toward him without saying a word. Frightened, he retreated into the house. He asked his wife as she heard him talking to the kids, but she didn't hear anything. Eventually, he went to bed, and that's when JD noticed one of the boys outside his bedroom window. He got up and rushed to bolt the front door, fearing the other one was there too. Why am I interrupting my own podcast, you might ask? My online store is now fully restocked. Granite Skies, Check. A Strange Trilogy, Check. Otherworldly Encounters, Check. and so much more at slevicstore.company.site. Check the show notes for links. Some titles are also available at the Greenhand Bookshop in Portland, Maine or greenhandbookshop.com. But JD never made it to the door. For whatever reason, he turned around and went back into the bedroom where that boy was still standing outside his window. He grabbed his pistol to scare them off, but the next thing he remembered was waking up in bed. His wife informed him that he had been gone for an hour and a half. She said to him, I did hear the door open and close. You weren't there. JD had left the house at 4 a.m. and didn't return home until 5.30 a.m. He got out of bed and looked at his slippers on the floor beside him. They were wet and muddy. Also, there were wet spots on the floor, in the bedroom, and in the hallway. He can't remember anything. Others across the world began to speak up about their own supposed experiences with other black-eyed children. England in particular seems plagued by black-eyed children, and they often serve as fodder for tabloid magazines and newspapers. A UK woman experienced malfunctions with her phone while in the presence of two black-eyed children. My name is Ali, and I'm from Birmingham, UK. It was April 2017. It had been raining pretty heavily for a few days, so there hadn't been any children playing outside. However, on my way back home from work, it must have been around 6.30 or 7 p.m., I saw two children playing in the rain. I thought nothing of it since I did it myself as a child. It always rains in the UK, so we just learn to adjust to it. A few hours later, I was leaving my house to go to the gym, as I do most evenings, and these two kids are still playing in the exact same spot. I thought maybe their parents told them to stay near the house, which made sense, so I just carried on my way. When I returned home from the gym, it was now after 9.30, and these kids were still there. Only this time, they acknowledged that I had seen them. The younger of the two approached me. They asked if I would let them in because it was raining and their parents weren't home. I was going to let them in until I saw their eyes. They were completely black. The older one then approached and said in an angrier tone, just let us in. I stood frozen in fear, so I said, let me get you some help. 
but then I turned away and sprinted to my house, locked the door, and ran to the window upstairs. I could still see the kids, and this is where it gets weird. I took out my phone and thought, let me take a Snapchat of this and warn others. As soon as I took the picture, they both looked up into the window like they knew what I was doing. And then my phone died. I plugged the charger in and nothing. It wouldn't even turn on. It's just dead. I looked back out the window and the kids were gone. The next day, I went knocking on the doors of my neighbors and none of them had children except one couple with a six-month-old. I definitely believe I had an encounter with something else. Another military man ran into the black guy children one evening. I have just read your article on black eyed kids and it takes me back to 1980 when stationed at RAF Cosford, a UK Air Force base near Birmingham, UK. I'd been in the local village of Albrighton for a few pints and I grabbed some fish and chips and started to walk the three miles or so back. It was dark and nearing 11.30pm and I saw three kids in front of me at about 60 feet away. They came out of the wooded area and at first I thought they were a bit young to be out at this time, maybe 12 or 13 years old. They stood and waited next to a hedge for me to get close. They were almost robot-like, but what struck me was the way they were dressed almost alike. Hooded coats, gray pants, and black shoes. As I passed them, I said, Hiya, want a chip? You're out late. They never replied, but just started following me. I quickened my pace, and so did they. The path I was on is a country road and street lighting was few and far between. As I approached the nearest street light, I turned to get a good look at them in case I was going to get mugged and could describe them to the police. I nearly screamed when I saw that all three had pale complexions, blonde hair, and black eyes. It was the black eyes that really struck me as if being drawn to them. The only thing that broke my gaze was car headlights coming my way. As the car got closer, I noticed that it was a taxi which I flagged down. I got in and left. As we drove, I told the taxi driver what had occurred, and he said the area is known for its strange activity. I was shaken up for a few days, even dreaming of them on two occasions. Suddenly, youth culture and scrutiny of popular media's influence on children became hot topics, and 1950s pop culture was flooded with movies and literature showing bad kids and juvenile delinquents. Around this time, the theme of children being born evil became a prevalent one, as we were introduced to ever younger characters with genetically inherited threatening characteristics, like a desire to kill and mind control. Then through the 1970s and all the way into the 90s, we see a spike in horror texts with children possessed by demons or some other kind of evil entity. They're even portrayed as the literal offspring of Satan or the devil himself. This is another story from the 1980s where a young boy invited the black-eyed children into his home. This happened back in the 1980s when I was nine or 10 years old. I was an only child at this point, and my mother was a single mom. 
She had taken all the money she had and bought a trailer and some land and moved us out to the country. We lived in a rural area in East Texas on a two-acre tract of land. Houses were sparse and situated quite far apart, so not a heavily populated area. One day, my mom was busy with something in her room, which was situated at the far end of the 72-foot trailer we lived in. I went into the kitchen for something and heard a knock at the door. I answered it and found four kids standing outside, two boys and two girls. I opened the screen door and the larger of the boys asked, can we use your phone? We need to call our mom. I was immediately suspicious because where had these kids come from? And I have lived there a few years by now and knew all the kids in the neighborhood. I remember looking at the larger boy's eyes and thinking something was different about him, but I just couldn't put my finger on it. I shrugged and opened the screen door and let them in. I left the door open as I took them into the kitchen and pointed to where the phone was. The larger boy picked up the phone as my mom called to me. I ran to her room and she said, who is in the house? I told her a bunch of kids wanted to use the phone. She looked angry and said, you don't let anyone into the house. Tell them to leave. I walked out of her room and back to the kitchen to tell them they had to go and found the phone off the hook. The front door was still open and the screen door closed. I ran to the door and outside to look for the kids. They were nowhere to be found. I don't think they had time to walk or even run across two acres to get to the street. So where were they? After that happened, life was super weird. Mom was always getting sick and was unable to find sustainable work. She became heavily paranoid and got into some toxic relationships. At one point, we were having a hard time with the phone bill and our line got disconnected. One day, she was busy outside when the phone rang, so I answered it. I heard a woman say hello on the other end. It sounded like my aunt. Then it just went to static. When my mom came back in, I told her what occurred. She went to the neighbors and called the phone company and asked them to check the line. They came out, inspected the line at the pole, and told my mom that the line was completely disconnected. This began to happen all the time, even after mom moved the trailer to another city. In that city, despite a disconnected phone, we kept getting phone calls, and it would end in dead air or strange voices or static. Their linesman told her the same thing. To this day, I don't really know what to make of any of that, but it was also around this time when I began to have clairaudient experiences where I would just know things I had never learned. I'd hear things before they happened in physical reality. I mostly kept those experiences to myself and would just think it was weird. When my mom sold that trailer, we never had those phone experiences again, and the clairaudience also went away. The rise of the child villain can be framed in countless ways, including an emerging fear of youth culture stemming from a movement away from traditional conservative ideas by younger generations. Others argue it's a manifestation of Freud's Oedipus complex, where it is the id, the instinctual unconscious part of the mind of the child that wants to murder the parent, 
or Peter Pan syndrome, which locates the child's desire to kill in an attempt to reject their own future as an adult. And sure, as a generalized explanation for the increase in fictional accounts of terrifying children, these all make sense. But none of that really explains the other key feature besides age that makes the black-eyed children scary. Those black eyes. 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 Alright, this last story breaks the mold for black-eyed kids. This child had white eyes. I was in a 24-hour shopping center car park waiting for a friend at around 10 p.m. Suddenly, a kid pops out and starts tapping on my window. I'm thinking, where the hell did he come from? I rolled the window partially down and my doors remained locked. I asked the kid, what do you want? He said, sir, I'm lost. Can you take me home? I asked, where are your parents? It was late at night and there was no one else visible on the same floor I was waiting on. This was starting to feel off. He replied, I'm lost and just want to go home. This was definitely weird. I looked at him again. Then I did a double take. His eyes were white. Not just white around the edges, but unending white through the entire eye. No iris, no pupil, just a solid wall of white. I really don't know why, but I felt myself smiling slightly as I gazed at him. Then my thoughts began to collect again. I said, uh, sorry kid, I gotta go. He said, but you have to take me. I don't know how, but I could feel his voice more than hear it. His words began echoing in my mind longer than it should have. Ah, uh, kid, I'm sorry, I gotta go. I said and started panicking. The kid replied again, this time with something indescribable behind his voice. He said, I'm lost and just want to go home. I don't know how, but at this point, it was as if someone had put the kid's voice on a loudspeaker and I felt strongly sympathetic toward him, but more like it was being forced on me by him. Anyway, with the last ounce of control I had left, I turned the car on and slammed on the accelerator. The kid immediately shouted, No! Take me with you! At this point, it was as though the kid's voice was a machine gun firing into me. I immediately sped to the nearest exit in a dreamlike state and drove into the night. While driving and exiting from the car park, I could still feel his voice within me resonating at an amplified volume. It was like I had been picked up and violently shaken by the kid whose voice was so clear and my subconscious was analyzing every nuance and inflection of what he had said. After I got back to my apartment, I immediately tried to forget the whole thing. It was a long night. The next day, I drove to work in the normal manner, and my friend there was resentful that I had left, but we soon got back on good terms. When I got home that night, there was a handprint on my front door. I only noticed when I looked down to pull on the handle, and it was at about the same height a small child would place their hands. The handprint was white and seemed to be made of a recently dried paint. I touched it just to make sure it was paint. It was. When I looked back at the handprint, it had vanished. I have not encountered any white-eyed kids since. However, I now live a slightly more cautious life than before. 
the fact is these creatures might actually exist and are waiting for the right opportunity to strike. I never told anyone about the incident. And this is about the time in the podcast where I ask, do you believe in the black-eyed kids or the white-eyed kids? That's all we've got for this eighth episode of season six of the I Want to Believe podcast. Join us next month for an all-new episode where Kyle and I will be covering a man in black encounter from the 1800s. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at 207Believe, and don't be afraid to DM us some show topic ideas. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Nomar Slevik. I'm gonna knock on your door.